people always said, you won't stick to it, you won't stick to it, you won't stick to it. And they were right. I never did stick to it. And then in the middle of 2017, I give it up for a year. And in 2018, I was sitting with my daughter and I had chest pains. And that was where I was like, whoa, I basically chest pains. I collapsed to the floor, got up and I was like, what happened? And I was white as a ghost. Luckily, there was someone with me, one of my parents at the time, and I just thought, my daughter was shooting alone, what she'd done. So, to, middle of July 2018, I walked straight back into my group and I haven't looked back since. Support for Slimming Stories is brought to you by Kim, the Colouring Book Coach. Did you know that you can heal your heart and more through colouring and the other fun services Kim offers as a Reiki healer and intuitive? Visit thecoloringbookcoach.com now for your free colouring book and save 15% off any service when you use the code SLIMMINGSTORIES15 in the booking notes when you make your appointment at thecoloringbookcoach.com. That's SLIMMINGSTORIES15 in the booking notes. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham West. Hope all is well wherever you're listening. I've got some new listeners in Tanzania, Switzerland, Romania and Germany. And I just want to start off by giving you all a shout out, saying thank you so much for downloading the episodes. I hope you're enjoying the accent. I really appreciate you, so thank you so much. We've got another great episode in store. Sean Kay is this week's guest, having lost 10 and a half stone with Slimming World. He's also a Slimming World consultant, but don't let that put you off. It's not a salesy episode by no means, and Sean certainly doesn't sugarcoat this slimming journey. He had some difficulties with his health and that was one of the reasons that he really chose to commit to his health and weight loss journey. And I guess sometimes, you know, it takes those those big things in life just to kind of take stock of, of what's happening with our health and just to put the focus on that and make those changes. And it's done such a great job. Now, I know that a lot of people listen to this podcast may not have 10 and a half stone to lose, but just imagine how that would feel. If you were to wake up on Monday morning with an excess weight of 10 and a half stone, how would your day pan out? How would it be looking after the kids, going to work, getting in the car for a drive, all those those things that you kind of take for granted? 10 and a half stone is a great weight loss, but just imagine when you listen to this episode, how that would feel for yourself and how that would impact your life. And I think it takes a lot to, to take the courage, I guess, just to walk through the doors of either a gym or a slimming class and commit to changes that for Sean have been amazing you know they really have been transformational and I'm so pleased that he had the courage to do what he had to do and that is now able to inspire others to do the same so here's introducing Sean to Slimming Stories. So I've asked you to come on Sean I know that you've had a, a brilliant weight loss and you're also a Slimming World consultant and I also know that you've had lots of media presence. You've been in magazines, got this fantastic Instagram page, which are really interactive with, which is fantastic. But I do feel that sometimes I just want to hear the story from the author's mouth, so to speak. I, don't, yeah, I really yeah. didn't want to just like read your story before I did this interview, because I know that obviously journalists have their own agenda. And I just wanted to hear how you was able to find the momentum just to get started really and also to ask 
I know with a lot of guests that I've spoken to on Slimming Stories, I know that often the struggle with the weight from, from an early age. Was this the case with yourself, Sean? I've always been like big, really, to be fair. Broke my leg when I was 10. And it seemed to have piled on then because I wasn't mobile, I was on crutches for three months. I was always active, always out and about. I was never one to be sitting indoors all the time. But yeah, it just stemmed from then really. And then going to secondary school, the school lunches were convenient, stuff like that. Uh, taking money to school, it was more and more convenient, you get what I mean? And mm. yeah, it just spiraled out of then. But for me really, it was when I hit 18 and I started working uh, in my current job and I had money coming in even before then, when I was 16 working at Sainsbury's, I had money coming in then and I could just go to the takeaway mm. when I pleased, had my own money. So I just did what I had to do, you know what I mean? And it was always food based, going out, oh, we'll get something to eat. And it was all the wrong choice. And I just seemed to balloon from then really, from the age of about 15, 16. I think it's important that when you kind of get the the freedom and then you get given kind of an insight into an adult world and you get that money don't you and, and you've got yeah. that that intention of right okay I've got this money and that that control is is yours for that you've, you've never as, as children have never experienced that and now we've got our own money yeah. and we have that that choice power and it's it's funny isn't it I think a couple of my guests have mentioned this some of the guys as well have said that you know as soon as I got that money. It's a freedom. It's a freedom, isn't it? Yeah. It's a freedom to do what you want, yeah. So when you was working at Sainsbury's, my goodness, <laughs> surrounded by all that food, the smell of the... Yeah, you, you know, the it, it, was, it was convenient. You could literally just take what you wanted. It was always around you. Temptation was just unbelievable. And it, yeah, it was some of the stuff that we used to do, like used to reduce stuff, get the reduced stuff, all these yeah. big cream cakes for like 20p at the end of the night. Yeah, I'll save that for later. That's mine later on, you know what I mean? Put it in the fridge. Yeah, I'll take that big chocolate goes for 20p and just eat it. Walking to and from like work, having me dinner, and then coming back, eating like a big French stick to myself and stuff like that. Yeah. On the way back from work at 10 o'clock at night. So it was really unhealthy. And did you take any of those treats home to your family to enjoy? Or was it kind of, the reason I'm asking this, yeah. was it something that you did in secret away from their eyes? Or was uh, it I, was a, I was a secret eater. Don't get me wrong. Anyone who hasn't been big and tell me that they're not a secret eater, I'd be like, okay. But yeah, I was a secret eater. Looking yeah. back, yeah, I was. I never thought at the time, but yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to admit that, to be fair. But it's something that we do. I know my mum used to work between 14 and 16 I think she was uh, working at Couplins which is like a Yorkshire based bakery and she was the same she'd like come home have an evening with all these like cream cakes and there wasn't just like there wasn't like Sainsbury's eclair it's like the, the skinny you know really mm. super skinny it was proper you know probably like three oh, yeah. times the size sounds of good, the yeah. Sainsbury's <laughs> one. sounds good as well and the, the temptation is is real isn't it and I think yeah temptations yeah. everywhere so how was it when you was growing up? What what were the habits that you kind of seemed to roll out throughout your early adulthood? It wasn't really habits from your parents. It wasn't a strict upbringing or anything like that. It was basically, I was more and more just secretive. I'd rather not 
tell them. I'd take something from the fridge and take it up to my room. Yeah. So they didn't really know the full extent. They knew it was going on, but they didn't really know the full extent of what it could have been. Right. Um, but no, it wasn't a strict upbringing. We literally just, both parents worked, come in, got from school, cooked dinner, and then went out to play, really. That's what it was. So really, I had no excuse to be a secret eater or anything. No. Or anything like that. And it's just, yeah, just normal, normal family-based upbringing. That's it, really. More yeah. or less getting onto adulthood. Young adult, thought I knew best. Mm. Of course, they'd be like, look, you've got to sort of sink out, but at that age, you think you know best, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. It yeah. never happens. And no. It never happens. So, <laughs> yeah, they can offer advice, but you're not going to listen to them, are you? No, no. At what point did you think that your weight was actually affecting how you felt about your confidence and your health? It didn't really. I've always been the, the big lad throughout my group of friends, through work. And to be fair, I thought I was unstoppable. I thought I'd be 20 forever. Hmm. Uh, um, it wasn't really affecting my work at that age, not early doors, because it wasn't an overactive job, which it turned into in the end. I think in my early 20s, I was sitting around about, it was either 21 stone, no, sorry, about 23 stone. And I'm quite broad anyway, so I carry it quite well. Mm. Um, but I just plugged a lot of it and it didn't really affect me until late until a few years later when I changed jobs started to affect my back but I've always been the confident person deep down I wasn't happy deep down I wasn't but I always portrayed myself as yeah I'm confident big lad don't care Mm. but it wasn't the case but I never admitted it no so with this unfolding with your health unfolding and your, your weight going up and, and mm. going up did you manage that facade throughout your 20s was it your 30s when you decided to yeah no I got married at 24 and it started to hit home then because when the moment with the boys with the suit fittings mine had to be specially made so it was all right it weren't too, too bad so I couldn't get involved and it kind of put me back so I tried the fad diets they took a little bit off, but they're not sustainable. And then by the time my daughter came around, I was probably sitting around about 25 stone. And mm-hmm. I thought, right, I'm going to get my health kicking as you do. There's my motivation. And I was doing it. And I lost three stone. I went down to about 20 stone. Then piled it all back on. It wasn't sustainable, not in the right mindset. And that's when I hit the big 28 stone, probably 28, 29. And I just kept going, just carrying what I was doing. I wasn't, I was going to an early grave. Um, it started to affect like my back, not so much my health, because I went to the doctors and stuff, and they said, no, it's fine. But you're the right side of 30, let's just say that. Mm. Once you go to the wrong side of 30, that's when you'll start feeling it properly. Um, so but I was in an active job then, I was a track engineer working for London Underground, I still am, but on the signal side of it now. And I was always carrying stuff. I'd use my strap, my size for my strength, really. Yeah. Picking objects up that other people couldn't, to be fair. So I, was, I tried to use, I know it's not the good thing, but I tried to use it to my advantage. And I wasn't really too worried about it, but deep down I was so unhappy, it was unbelievable. Deep down, but I never really took much notice and I thought, yeah, it'll come off. It was always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. I'll mm. start it Monday. I'll start it Monday. 
but Monday never come. No. And just going back to that time, can you remember how it used to feel when you would eat and feel that there was no full stop? Yeah, I was literally a dustbin. I, I wouldn't stop. I could literally have a big, big meal and then go to the sweet shop straight after at work. Hmm. There was no stopping. I could go and get a kebab at lunchtime at one o'clock in the afternoon, 12 o'clock. I sank to eat on the way there, like packet of sweets or sank, packed Chris on the way back. And it wasn't just a little bottle of Coke. I'd get the two litre bottle of Coke as well. Hmm. And just keep drinking that. So there, there was no rhyme or rhythm to what you would eat. Was it just a case of whatever what I you wanted when I wanted? Hands on, yeah. Yeah, what I wanted when I wanted. If I fancied it, I'd go and get it. Even if I had to travel on a train to go and get it a few stops down the line. Hmm. It won't bother me. And I think this is what my mum struggles with. And with my mum, she knows when she is full and she will stop when she is full. But when I've been in that moment of binging, it's a case of, okay, so my brain recognises that I am not eating to feed myself because i'm hungry my brain recognizes that this isn't going to help me with my weight loss my brain recognizes i'm eating saturated fat and high sugar foods and all of this it's not the the case of i'm not intelligent to make that connection but in that moment it's almost like the control is totally gone saying can you, can you relate to that 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 feeling back then when you was at that weight yeah people say that food is an addiction but it is it's a massive addiction mm. you wouldn't let a recovering alcoholic go into a pub would you free for all would you no it's the same with food food is an addiction and to get that addiction you'll go to any lengths to get it travel down the road spend all your money on it it won't matter to you and yeah i can remember I can remember all the time eating, thinking, why am I eating this? But it felt good at the time. It yeah. just felt good. Something in my brain twigged to think, I really want this. My, my body needs it. So having gone to the doctors and the doctor saying to you, you know, you're the right side of 30. Mm. At that point, did that make you feel that, right, I, I can grab this moment and make the best of it? No, because I thought 30 would never come to it. I'm, right. I'm, I'm a million miles away from 30 years old. I'm a few years away from 30. I'll deal with it then. I'll deal with it. Right. Right. I was one of them. And with a young child, I know it can be demanding. How did you manage that with, with your backache? Obviously, you've got the intention that you want to get involved with your child and you want to do these things, but then your body's like... Yeah, I would... I'd, I'd take breaks and I wouldn't bother. I'd do things with her like watching a film. Yeah. Or I'm too tired to do that. And just things like that. And mm. luckily she was only, well, say luckily, but she, I had her when we, when I was 26. Um, so I was mid-20s and it was all like, oh, I'll just sit down and watch a film with her. You know what I mean? Or lay down the floor with her when she was really young. Yeah. Or like, yeah, just do things that wasn't, overactive to be fair um and if i did i'd have to take breaks mm. i'd be like sorry darling i can't do this today i can't, can't do this but do it another time mm. i'd always put it off i'd never go swimming with well i would go swimming with her but it wasn't i'd put it off to the last two i could to be fair 
and then I'd take her, like would go yeah. with her and stuff like that. Theme park rides and stuff, that was a big no-no. Mm. Um, it'd basically be stuff that, walking around a park, that took its time because of the pain, getting out of breath, and just things like that, to be fair. I was trying to avoid any activity possible. It was always, oh, let's not do this today. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm. That's the way it was like. Yeah. And and it is hard work. So I'm imagining you now, you're, you're working away, you're using your body as kind of um, a, a reasoning to carry this weight because you, you feel it as, a, as a, a benefit because you're having to carry these heavy loads and you've got your... Mm young daughter so if you just want to talk me through the next stage of your journey with your health and your slimming what happened after that point it went redundant between the ages of i'd say 28 to 32 to be fair i just kept going on and carrying on what i was doing back i was just managing what i could putting a brave face on i was still unhappy so unhappy mm. and i could feel myself getting bigger and bigger and bigger until i did reach 28 stone I'd lose, say, stone, stone off in the summer, as you do naturally, eating different, the hot weather. Going out in the summer was ridiculous. I was always sweating, didn't feel right whatsoever. Mm. I'd always wear baggy clothes. Like Clothes were too clingy on me, and I was always pulling at them and stuff like that, and I felt really uncomfortable all the way through summer. Even in winter sometimes, I'd be sweating galore. It mm. wasn't a nice sight. I had to change T-shirts in the height for summer. I'd change T-shirts twice or three times a day, easily. Yeah. I'd be showering twice a day just to get that stench off me, yeah. of the, like the sweat and the BO. And it wasn't, it wasn't nice, to be fair. No. Um, especially when picking my little one up from school sometimes. I'd have sweat patches down my back. And I would look, I'd look at other dads and think, I should be like that, I should be like that. I never did anything about it, to be fair. Like the old fed diets, they, they come and go, but I never worried about it. And it weren't until I was at the age of, what, 32, 33, that I actually did, decided that I needed to do it. Um, because I went to the doctors and they put me on, it, I didn't know nothing about the slimming world. Um, and it wasn't till then they put me on their referral scheme, which they told me, you've got to lose weight now or you're going to be in a box. This mm. is it. At the moment, he was like, you're going to be diabetic, you're going to be this. And still, all the, even he made himself, all the blood tests come back that I was not diabetic, I was normal, I had normal cholesterol, I think. And he was like, I don't get it. I really don't get your body. I went, I don't get it either. Um, <laughs> But I could feel myself, my back was getting worse, my knees, my ankles, they were all giving way. So it was time to make a change. Mm. It was time. Um, I went to the Slim World Referral Scheme, went to my first group, and I was doing well. And then something happened in my personal life, and it gave me the motivation to do it even more. Um, that was my first journey. I'd lost six, no, five stone by February that uh, 2017 and then it up again. People always said, you won't stick to it. You won't stick to it. You won't stick to it. And they were right. I never did stick to it. And then in the middle of 2017, I give it up for a year 
And in 2018, I was sitting with my daughter and I had chest pains. And that was where I was like, well, I basically, chest pains, I collapsed to the floor, got up and I was like, what happened? And I was white as a ghost. Luckily, there was someone with me, one of my parents at the time, and I just thought, my daughter, if she was in her own, what would she have done? Oh, goodness. So, to, middle of July 2018, I walked straight back into my group, and I haven't looked back since. Absolutely. And what were the pains that you had? Did you, did you go to the doctor? It was. Uh, no, no, because I was worried I'd be told that I had a mini heart attack or something like that. Hmm. I was, I'm still stubborn like it now. I won't go to the doctors for right. anything like that. But yeah, no, nah, it was really excruciating pain in my chest. And I was a bit like, and it scared me. Absolutely. It really did scare me. What prompted me in the beginning to lose the weight was I'd gone to Disneyland Paris with my ex, then ex-wife, well, ex-wife and my daughter. And I couldn't fit on one of the rides. I couldn't fit on the ride at all. And this was August 16. And I felt embarrassed. I couldn't do things like that with my daughter. She was growing up. She was five at the time. Couldn't do nothing. Mm. I was just standing there while watching her, having fun and making memories. And all, all the memories of her, would, of me, would be standing on the sidelines watching. It ain't fair to honour her or me. No, it's an odd call, isn't it? You know, you're wanting to, especially something like, Disneyland Paris, it's a big treat, isn't it? There's all mm. that hype about Disney, uh, Disney yeah. this, Disney that, especially with young young kids, and uh, you, you're there, and then you can't do um, the intention, you can't follow through the intention, which is to create these fantastic memories. So after you yeah. had the, the chest pains, but thank goodness that you did come to, but that realisation, yeah, that, that shock is... I mean, that's huge, isn't it? That, you know, mm. talk about what is going to ma- motivate us to lose weight. Do you think it's a fact that you, you kind of felt for your daughter? Do you think that was like the motivation to, to do something? Yeah, that gave yeah, you the it job? was. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of told it that <laughs> I should have gone with the Disney Paris first because that was the first time I started my journey that I went to the doctors and it was it was a sequence. The Disneyland Paris was in 16. I went to the doctors uh, late August. They put me to the referral in middle of 16 in September. I walked through the doors, um, lost the five stone by 2017, February time. And then that's when I give it up and didn't bother. And then I ballooned back up from 23 stone back up to 28 stone. Gosh. Because I went back into my old habits. Yeah. Um, I never broke the cycle, which I should have done. And I was still trying to go to the gym and stuff like that, still trying to follow it half-heartedly. But it wasn't, you can't out-gym a bad diet. And I thought, yeah, it'd be all right. I'm smaller. And it just crept up without me even realising. And that was when July 2018, I wasn't in a good place in my head either, to be fair. And that was when the chest pains started in that little episode. Luckily, I've had no reoccurrence. And literally, 
the Wednesday after that happened, I walked back into my group and said, Nuss and us. And I stepped on the scales at 28 stone again. And I just thought all that hard work has left me. I felt like a failure, Mm. a massive failure. And and it's hard for, for anyone to have lost weight and to put that on because when you're in that moment when you're revved up and it's coming off you're thinking right i'm i'm getting towards my goal i'm getting towards the goal and you're losing pounds and then it that turns into stone and then like you say it's it's a mental thing isn't it something can happen something can get triggered and all the kind of like the good work goes so what would you say to somebody listening that is looking to join a slimming club or to lose weight to offer advice just to get into that headspace so i know people will say for example i want to lose weight for summer i want you know i've got a wedding coming up but i feel that there needs to be a bigger conversation with ourselves isn't it before we get to that point what what conversation do you think we need to have with ourselves before we look to join a club or we look to seek help are you willing to make the sacrifices because it takes dedication and hard work and a lot of sacrifices. All right, not so much now, but if you was going out for a meal, would you plan your meal? Would you go places, say you was going out to the cinema, would you take your own fruit or would you go and buy popcorn? You're going out with people, just say for a drink. Are you gonna be the one that drives? Are you gonna have the Diet Coke or are you gonna have a drink? You've got to be in that right mindset, but only you can find your motivation. Mm. Be it be the wedding, be it be your daughter, your kids, or that dream holiday. You've got to find that motivation and only you can do it. But once you find that golden ticket, everyone has their moment. Everyone has their moment. And I was talking about this the other day. Everyone has their moment. And once you find that moment, keep hold of it. Mm. And go and just do it head first. Don't look back. You won't regret it. Did you feel that you carried a lot of shame going back into into group? Yes. And yeah. Those yeah. 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 I just I just felt that I'd let myself down, my daughter down, and my consultant down. She worked hard to get me to where I was with the support. Um, but with Slimming World, there's no there's no judgment. There's not nothing like that. There's mm-hmm. no shame in it or anything like that. You ain't judged at all with Slimming World. That's the thing. Um, you're welcome back no matter what has happened in the past because the past is gone. You can't dwell on it. Just got to keep looking forward and keep moving forward. It's a journey. So how did you start to forgive yourself for having put the weight back on and in all intents and purposes being back at 28 stone? What did you say to yourself to get you through that first week having seen that number on the scales again? I looked at my daughter. And I use my daughter. She she's forgiven me. Sure, she never was really worried. Well, she was worried about me, but she never really was like, "Daddy, I don't like you like this. I don't like you like this." She never said that. But I used her to get me through that first week. I'd look at pictures. I'd look at pictures from when I was a lot like five stones smaller the previous time I started my weight loss journey, and that's how I got through my first week. But luckily on my first week back I knew what I was doing. I've really enjoyed this episode because I think Sean just really goes into detail about how difficult it was 
to carry around this excess weight. And it's not something that we always see or hear or read about, is it? And it's nice just for him to come on here and open up, especially as a consultant, and just be really honest about how that felt. So this is part one of Sean's swimming story. Next week is part two. So please come along and listen to the second episode. And if you're starting the week, if you've not cracked with it, you've not really got your intentions set, I have added a link in the show notes to a food diary. So if you click on the link, you'll be able to download that, fill it in and get yourself off to a great start for next week. So until next time, take care and thanks for tuning in.